Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, October 4th, 2023, and this is day 2023 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you and glorify you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you so much for allowing us to wake up this day to go forth and do what you've called us to do today. I thank you, my Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is camouflaged fear. Yeah, it's camouflaged by this great um, uh, external uh, human being. (laughs) The outside looks so strong and tough and, you know, are able to overcome so much, but yet... There's something sometimes deep down that has not been revealed and it takes something to trigger that. And once it is triggered, we need to be aware of that and give it to the Lord to get rid of it. Because there are times when that can be something that can stunt our growth. It can keep us in a place that God never intended for us to be. So we're going to be coming out of 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. And it says, One day Elijah went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there, who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man, who often comes our way, is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair, and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever uh, he comes to us. So this woman is extremely compassionate and empathetic and considerate. uh, And so she looks to have it all going on here. So now let's take another look. Verse 11. One day when Elijah came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. I mean, instead of saying, (laughs) call Sherry or call Jackie. He says, call the Shunammite. That's where she lived. (laughs) So like saying, call the Kansas Cityan. (laughs) So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, Tell her, you've gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. I mean, she already has, so it seems, everything. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. So that's double jeopardy right there. She has no son, uh, which meant, you know, in those days that you were cursed if you did not have a son. 
uh, a child, but especially if you didn't have a son. And then uh, it was less likely for her to have one since her husband was old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. Mm, there's a side of her that's come out right there. Uh, this woman is, you know, very giving, very kind, very wealthy, uh, upstanding citizen in her community. And then when he offered that, she made that statement. Uh, and so verse 17, but the woman became pregnant and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elijah had told her. The child grew and one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy set on her lap until noon, and then he died. That's heartbreaking. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. She didn't say, honey, our son has died. She didn't say anything like that. Why go to him today, he asked. It is not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. She did not. She did not plan to tell him. He said, why would you be going? There's not a full moon. There's not this or that. She said, it'll be all right. <laughs> she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on and don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. She was determined to get to him and was determined she was not going to let anything get in the way of that. When he saw her in a distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, did I, didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Aha, uh -huh. now we see what is that camouflage or hidden fear that she had or that something that is there we all got something and that thing that God is trying or God would like for us to give to him Elisha said to Gehazi tuck your coat into your belt take my staff your hand in your hand and run don't greet anyone you meet, and if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. He's saying, this is urgent. Don't stop on the way. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy has not answered. 
When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And sometimes, y'all, we've got to shut everybody out. We've got to shut out confusion. We've got to shut out things that distract us and tune in to the Lord. Holy, 100% waiting to hear from him. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. And he did. And when she came, he said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. Very powerful. This is one of my favorite stories. I don't know how many times I've talked about the Shunammite woman, but it is so needed. Her story is so powerful. I mean, this woman was not fearful as we first encounter her. We would never think there was any hidden fears with her. Uh, But then the other thing that I love about her is that she expressed how she felt from the beginning to the end. She was extremely open with her uh, emotions and communication about how she really felt about the situation. Let's just take a look Uh, Point number one, the things that camouflage the woman's fears. What made it uh, so hard to ever imagine that she had any? First of all, she was well-to-do. She was kind and caring. She was discerning. She was hospitable. She was considerate and compassionate. She was bold. She was honorable. She acted. I mean, she didn't wait. (laughs) She didn't say, oh, go to her husband, say, is it okay? She just took action, which was another thing that really, uh, for those times, you know, the women back then counted on their husbands so much. But in this case, it was like, this woman was quite unique. She was a giver. She was a leader. She owned her own home. She took charge. She was independent. She remained calm through the storm of life. She had faith in the man of God. She expressed her feelings and emotions. She held the man of God accountable. Now, how often would we do something like that? Someone in a higher ranking position, let's say, and, you know, to be bold enough to go to them and say, I did not tell you. And she did not let him go uh, until he blessed her. Like Jacob did when he wrestled with God. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. This woman was the same. She spoke truth to the man of God. Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes, all these things. She was persistent and determined. Even though the child was dead, she was persistent to get to the man of God, knowing that that was her hope, even though she was let down. She was grateful and appreciative. What a powerful woman, a powerful human being, let alone let's even just take the gender out of it, the picture. You know, any of us can be like this woman, but yet there was a hidden 
fear. What fears did she exhibit? Do you see it yourself? Do you see, uh, do you see yourself in this mighty woman of God? Do you have hidden, deep-rooted fears that you need to release unto the Lord? You would never know it in some cases. Uh, with me, I was raised to be a very strong woman, uh, not counting on anyone because that's how my mom raised uh, raised us. And uh, I remember her saying to me <laughs> as a teen, a young teenager, don't ever, ever, ever give men any money. <laughs> and I didn't. And I remember dating my husband, you know, early on in our life and we were dating and that was back when gas was like 10 cents a gallon. <laughs> it wasn't that cheap, but it sure seemed like it. And uh, he did not, something had happened. I don't know if he left his wallet or whatever. And I always had something on me whenever I would go somewhere. My mother always made sure I had some money if I had to make a phone call or whatever. And he said, um, could you loan me the money to get some gas because uh, I left my wallet or I can't remember what the reason was. And I said, I don't have it. I don't have any money. And I actually did. So I lied. And But I had this deep-seated fear, um, not so much the of my mother, but a fear of being uh, taken advantage of or let down because of things I'd gone through coming up as a child without my father being in our life and making us promises and then not coming through with it. That just tarnished me. (laughs) That just created this barrier for me to not trust. And I didn't even realize it. Uh, And even after my husband and I got married, we laughed about that. But there was still this wall that I had up that Uh, I didn't trust him fully. And, you know, it made, it created an unnecessary strain on our marriage. It wasn't something that you could see right off, but it was just me. It was that hidden, deep-seated fear, fear of rejection, fear that he would not really stay, uh, that he would leave me just like our father left us. And that's what was really deep-seated. And and after I came to know the Lord, I was able to deal with that situation. Uh, I was able to give it to God. I didn't know what how to deal with it or what to do. I didn't even know I had a problem. <laughs> and, and I realized that I did. And uh, I'm telling you, when, when we give it to the Lord, once we recognize it and, and we recognize it through praying and through communicating with God and having a relationship, and he's going to reveal it to you, whatever that is. He's going to show you what it is that's so deep-seated that we are functioning as normal, so it seems. But once it's revealed, we recognize that, hey, this is a problem. And, And Or sometimes we might think, oh, that's okay. I'm all right. I'm okay. We need to be like that Shunammite woman and say, no, I'm waiting on you, man of God to deal with this, to handle this. We need to give it to the Lord and say, Lord, this is something I can't handle it. There's nothing I can do about this. I've given him my all and Lord, I need you. And the Lord is there. He already knows. And we just trust him. He wants us to have faith in him 
and trust him and give him the problem and let it go. Shake it off and move on. And and so begin to do that. I don't know. I know it's somebody out there where God is showing you something and he wants you to cast your cares unto him for he cares for you. He did not, and I've said this many times, he did not uh, create us to handle those types of things. That's why he says, give it to him. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the ultimate. And don't ever be fearful to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Listen, he'll never force himself up on us. He is a gentleman and he is waiting on you. And the gift of salvation says that guarantees us that we will spend eternity with Jesus Christ once we accept him. Oh, glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on TeasonKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth about life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, human and sex trafficking awareness, and also DIY programs, teaching them how to do minor household repairs. We thank you all so, so much for your prayers and your support and for your donations. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.